Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's Heather here, and we are continuing our discussion on the Torah in the Gospels as we look at the words of Jesus and even some others in the New Testament scriptures to see how they were constantly pulling the Hebrew scriptures forward within their teaching. So Mark is leading our discussion today on something super fun on the transfiguration. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Heather, I wanted to do this passage because it was so confusing to me for so mm. much of my life. Like, yeah. like as a youth pastor, I never wanted to teach on it because I did. I was like, what the heck is going yeah. Yeah. on? And even today, we can't solve all of it. There, there are like debates over sure. what text is being alluded to and what's yeah. trying to be said. But I want us to walk away with the sure point that the divine voice breaks in and says, this is my son and I love him and you should listen to him. Yes. Okay. So that's okay, where cool. we'll, we'll land. But Let's I'm, do it. I'm in Mark 9, at Mark 9, uh, verse 2. And it says- Were you named after Mark? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And do you know, um, it's funny you say that because my uh, whole like growing up, I was kind of self-conscious. I've talked about like not being the biggest kid or the best at anything. And I was a little self-conscious and I used to tell my parents, like, I have such a computer dork name. And my dad would say, no way, you're named after a gospel writer. And yeah, but you know, I didn't listen to him. In eighth grade, this is funny. I told all of my teachers that my name was actually Marcus. So- (laughs) I know. I don't know if it was like Marcus, the the emperor sounded better than the computer nerd. Anyways, my parents show up at conferences and all the teachers start talking about their student Marcus. And they're like, who's Marcus? Oh, wow. I've heard of this kid. That's fabulous. Anyways, yes. So I'm named after Mark. (laughs) Sweet. All right. Ready to roll? Yeah, let's go. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. Now, get your Old Testament ears on. We're already <gasps> high mountain, up. high mountain, high mountain. High mountain, all right? Yes. So you sh- you, the alarm bells should be going off that Moses went up a high mountain. Oh, okay? snap. Um, where they were not alone. And there he was transfigured before him. Like the idea is his essence was transferred in front of them and they saw him in his divinity This is actually a common motif in both Jewish texts and classical literature where all of a sudden the clouds are pulled back and you see that something is divine or that there's divinity about something and there's shining like bright lights. Okay. So for example, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and there's this passage in Exodus 34 where he comes down the mountain and he's like shining from yeah. the afterglow of being around God, right? For sure. And the people are yeah. like, we don't know what to do. So they cover his face with a, a veil because the yeah. vote of God even reflected on him is yeah. too intense. There's yeah. um, a ton of Greek literature. So here's an example. In Homer, Achilles is going like gangbusters, killing people left and right. And okay. he's about he's about to like finish off 
young uh, a, a young opponent, and uh, Phoebe Apollo comes down and taps him on the shoulder, and he turns around to kill whoever had the audacity to tap him on the shoulder because he's like oh. a rage raging yeah. half god, right? Super okay. ticked, yeah. doing his thing. He turns around. And just for a second, she lets her eyes flash and he sees a bright shine Ah. of divinity and he stops and he says, oh, what am I, what do you need me to do? Right. And he recognizes this is, this is a deity and I need to listen. Sure. Um, There's another famous passage, one more, where Antiochus Epiphanes IV is attacking the Jewish temple and a messenger from Yahweh appears and there's this great blinding light that knocks him off his horse. Sound familiar? Happened yeah. to Paul too. Yeah. See the trope? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So divine beings a lot of time are shiny in ancient literature. It says his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. I've had a lot of adventures with bleach and white baby onesies lately, oh, by the way. Lord help us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And it says there he appeared. So he's shining before them and they're seeing him in his divine self. Yeah. Right. Like not his human self, but like, oh, there's a God among us. Right. Totally. And yeah. he's standing and there appeared with before with Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. So like Moses leans over and he's like up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. And Elijah's <laughs> like, what's that? And Jesus is like, that's the code for Contra. Now yes. you have everlasting life. And uh, no, sorry, but they're talking about like, whatever, we don't know, right? I think you just fit into the mold that Mark was a nerdy computer name. Like you just hit the nail on the head right there. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't do myself any favors. No, you really did. You know what though? Over over time, hopefully every day we grow a little more comfortable with uh, With ourselves. Who God God made us and how we showed up in the world. Yes, that's right. Um, Yeah. Uh, Look at this picture though, real quick. You got Elijah, Moses, and Jesus hanging out. Some some scholars have speculated that the reason Moses and Elijah are there is, is is that like they either didn't die or there's like a cloudiness around whether or not they died or if they were just taken up into heaven. Okay. From all the way back in the time of Origen, who's like a third century church father, the argument was, well, you have a representation of the Torah in Moses mm. and a representation of the prophets in Elijah. Yeah. Um, maybe another layer that we could see, like, and I don't know how to answer this. I don't think we can resolve it. But yeah. Moses and Elijah are there. Maybe the other layer that we can see, because we've done a lot of rabbinics together, is oral Torah. They're up on a mountain talking yeah. together. What are they sure. doing? I think they're talking about like God and his plan for the world and, yeah. and all that jazz, right? Yeah, man. And it's a dis- it's a discussion. They're having it on the mountain. Isn't that sure. cool? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. And it makes sense so too because, is- I mean, when you think of major players in Judaism, I mean, you think of Moses and Elijah. That's who you think of. Yeah. And the, and they're both who Jesus gets cast as in the Gospels. Like, exactly. You'll see yeah. Jesus all throughout. Like Matthew is the new Moses. In Mark, he's a lot of times like an Elijah figure, even though at the end of this passage, he's like, Elijah's already come. Basically, it was John the Baptist yeah. right, to his That's disciples. Right. But anyways, okay, let's go back. If you're really confused right now, you're like, Jesus is shining. Moses and Elijah are hanging out with him on a mountain. 
that's talking so about weird. something. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, original Nintendo. That's right. Nintendo. Sheets. Yeah. Game um, sheets. Mm-hmm. If you're really confused, you're in good company. Peter is too. So Peter says to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. I think. <laughs> Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then there's like a parenthetic or like a dash in the Greek. And it says, he didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. (laughs) They're like, let's just go camping and have s'mores. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I mean, because think they, they, throughout the gospels, they see Jesus fully human, but doing divine things. And then there are these moments where it's like the curtains peel back and they're like, I, I think this is like God among us and it's right. crazy, yeah. but this is like a full grown, full blown, like here's my, here's my full divinity mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so Peter starts making suggestions. We think about Sukkot, like saying, let's build three huts and celebrate Sukkot. Cause it's connected with, you know, uh, the tradition of receiving the law in yeah, which Sinai. is Sukkot we're up is- in a mountain. Yeah, and Sukkot is the Feast of Tabernacles, right? For our listeners that might not know the Hebrew. Yep, go ahead, sorry. Yep. So Peter makes this kind of weird suggestion, like, uh, I know what we'll do, right? He's always rash. He jumps in with an opinion and maybe should have just been quiet like the other two. But uh, whatevs. So it says, Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. Now this happens at Sinai. Yeah. Exodus 24, 15 says, then Moshe went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. This thick, dark cloud yeah. a lot of times envelopes the divine being. Yeah. But then the one that gets to experience the divine being sees this amazing light. I, mm-hmm. I just love it. It's far out. Yeah, and for sure. Pastors, you pastors, you don't have to resolve it. Just let it be weird and go with the story. Because Absolutely. the writer wants you to get something really big, okay? Yeah. So it says, the kavod of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh, he called to Moses out of the cloud. So this dark cloud covers up what's going on here, mm-hmm. and they hear a divine voice, just like that. All wow. right? And it says, this is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Yeah. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. And the question is, listen to him about what? Sure. Right? Do you think it means like listening to him about what the prophets said about him? No. I actually think think it's listen to him about the discussion he just had with Peter. Ah. That the Messiah will actually take the way down and suffer and Ah. die. That his yeah. kingdom is an upside down kingdom and yeah. that he has to die for the sins of the world as a Passover lamb. And I think Jesus and Peter have this debate and he says, get behind me, Satan, right? Yeah. And the very next story, God says, this is my son. Hmm. Right? I love yeah. him. Listen to him. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's just my hunch. Yeah. Um, but I, I like your I like your idea too, though. That like you have, you have these two great figures from the story. Listen to him. The story's about him. Yeah, that's where it lands, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But 
It says, as they're coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen. Remember that secret Messiah stuff? Don't tell yeah. anyone who I am. Yeah. And Could total- you do that, though? Like, you literally just had, like, this wild moment with Jesus where... I could because no one would believe me. It would That's be like, true. it would be like, it would be like if you saw a literal ghost plain as day and the ghost talked to you, would you go like talk, talk to people about it? Probably they be would too think afraid. you were yeah. nuts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Um, anyways, but as they're coming down the mountain, Jesus gives them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the son of man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do the teachers of the law say Elijah must come first? And Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the son of man must suffer much and be rejected? I wanted to go that far because I think that's where Jesus points the conversation back to what the divine voice was about. Okay. Why, like, why, why is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? That was the argument he had with Peter. That's the thing he's trying to teach them about what it is to be the Messiah is to be the suffering servant. And yeah. what it is to follow Messiah is to pour yourselves out for people. And the divine voice says, listen to him. This this is the this is the divine law that I'm bringing down through Jesus, or the yeah. divine grace that I'm bringing down through Jesus. Yeah, that's Isn't so that good. Cool? That is really good. That's so good because it kind of ties in with the Torah and the Gospels teaching that I just did. How Jesus was like, I sent uh, these prophets, you know, these servants, and you killed them, and you killed them, and you killed them, and it's this yeah. idea of listen to the Son, listen to the one that I'm sending. He has good news and a life to follow that's worth it. Yeah. I, you know, so many times we, we are grounded in some good theology that Jesus died for our sins and God sees us as his kids now. And that's mm-hmm. a great thing. Yeah. But if we slow down and read the Bible, there's this call to discipleship in the footsteps of the master that saved us. And it always looks like, serving people like God has served us. And so how do we carry the name of the King as youth Mm -hmm. pastors? We serve the families that we're called to serve. And like you were saying last episode, we make the cornerstone Jesus, not ourselves. That's right. And and we, we make the master that we're following the suffering servant. And we trust that that's the kind of kingdom that actually heals the world. Amen to that. That is awesome. I love that. And I love how, the Bible is constantly connecting things to Sinai. And this is one of those times that it does. There's just, you know, it's, we can't, we just can't read the Bible and separate the Jewish people from it. We just can't because we miss out so much on the grand story and the whole picture of what God's trying to communicate and say. So there's things for us to learn when we pull the scriptures back with Jesus to those Sinai moments and, and compare the two stories because that's what Jesus was trying to do with his listeners. Absolutely. And just as Bible readers, this wasn't hard as far as trying to figure out exactly what text was being quoted. So sometimes you have a quote in scripture, like we did with the cornerstone and we say, well, where's it from? It's from Isaiah. 
well, how's it being used? And we ask those questions. Yeah. Other times it's just like a story in the culture, just like we would all know the movie Rocky or the movie Back to the Future. Right? Yeah. So if yeah. there was a scene that mimicked getting in a DeLorean and going back in time, we would know exactly what was being pointed to. And then we yeah. would ask, well, how's, how is this movie either making fun of that or making that serious or commenting totally. upon that? So yeah. like, this is just in their cultural repertoire. That That's right. Prophet goes up on a mountain the oh. divine voice gives him very specific instructions yeah. and you don't want to miss it. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing behind the thing. And all you have yeah. to recognize is they're on a mountain. Turns out Jesus is divine. And God says, I side with his argument about who he is and what it is to follow him. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's good. I love it. I would just like to all add right. that um, even, uh, Back to the Future might be a reference that the majority of our <laughs> listeners might know, <laughs> but probably not their kids. I was speaking last night at youth group and start out my message. I tied my message in with that song that released in 1990, Power, where that woman gets on and she's like, I've got the power, right? And so, Music Factory. No, it's uh, Snap is the name of the group. And so... It is? Yeah. <laughs> this is what okay. Wikipedia tells me. Okay. And so... Cool, cool, cool. So, but, you know, I, by a show of hands, I had people after the fact, after I showed this clip, be like, who knows this song? And literally it was just the adult leaders. There was like one kid and then the whole, you know, other 50, 40, 50 kids were like, yeah, I don't know, Heather. And so it's like, wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> that so, happens to me all the time though. All, all yeah. of your illusions are lost on your kids a lot of times. It's okay, but, but we can reference things that happened in the 90s and we can rejoice together in the DeLorean and Back to the Future and the Rocky movies. And the, and the great thing about scripture is when you're teaching Bible, you can just take them back to Exodus and say, hey, see this story, this part of the story? Yeah. That's what that's what the New Testament is doing with it. Yeah. And you don't have to show them the whole Back to the Future stories for them mm. to get the punchline. Mark, this is really helpful. You know, this is so helpful for youth pastors because it's, I think it's easier or maybe more helpful for them as they think about how to communicate the scriptures to their kids is just helping them see that just like in our world today, we have different cultural things that we don't really have to talk that much about. We just have to say, oh yeah, well it's, it's this thing. And so people are like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about because that's part of our culture. It's part of our story. It's part of who we are. And the same thing was happening in Israel's history, too. And so we, we don't have to get confused about the Bible in a way that says, well, maybe there's something wrong with the Bible. We just have to simply do our best to try to put ourselves in a person in the first century's uh, position, right? So, yeah, Absolutely. that's good. That's Absolutely. good. Yeah. Well, friends, thanks for joining us for this episode of the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. As always, come hang with us on our Facebook group. And uh, definitely check out firstcenturyyouthministry.com. We're still in the middle of our first parables cohort, and we're going to be launching another one in the near future at some point in time because we're having so much fun, and we want to get to know more people and make even more friends. So, friends, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.